0: Good morning and welcome to another podcast with yours truly, Daryl J. Bennett. You're listening to the voice of Daryl J. Bennett. And today I want to let you in on a live that I did on one of my social media platforms uh, about domestic violence, specifically about living in terror and that you don't have to live in terror. I woke up really with this strongly on my heart. I've never spoken about this publicly, but I i thought this was the time. There's so many people that I know that either I've worked with or I've counseled or ministered to or in carriage or they've been in my mentorship programs. And I know that they're living in fear and they're living in terror. They're living in terror. Um, The worst kind of terror, because it's not from an enemy. It's not from a hater. It's not from the external. It's from someone that's close. It's from a spouse. It's from the parent of their children. In some cases, it's from the one they call a lover and they share a bed with. And I really believe that everybody loses in a home Where there's domestic violence. The children lose. The perpetrators of the violence lose. And those who are victims of the violence lose. And so this isn't a message of condemnation. I never have a message of condemnation. That's not my place. Um, This is a message of encouragement. That you don't have to stay stuck. In a situation that's not serving you. And that's not helping you become your best self. And that there are resources and that there are people and that there are avenues and ways to get free. And that you're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. Your life is worth it. Please listen. Please share this with someone who you know needs to hear this. Let 2024 not just be another year. Let it be a new year. All right, let's listen in. What's up, my peoples? We're on Facebook as well as uh, Clubhouse. Thank you for those of you that are joining me live. I want to talk this morning about domestic violence. You know, it's something I've never actually spoken about publicly. I woke up this morning, y'all, with this deeply on my heart. I woke up this morning with this deeply in my heart. I thought about all of the young women that I know that are out there who are living in terror. Who are living in for real terror. For real terror. Scared to say the wrong thing. Scared to sneeze wrong. I thought about them this morning. And I don't know what it was because it's not like something has been said to me in the past week to have prompted it. Um, I do know this. Let me just, if I could just talk, talk freely this morning. Um, Because of the kind of work that I do, which is inspiring people and motivating people. And because of the, really the transparency in my story, I have talked about some of the things that I've overcome in the past. People share some pretty deep things with me. And sometimes I have to be honest. um, Sometimes I feel like people tell me things that I think to myself a little bit. I kind of wish I didn't know that <laughs> Um, because then it, you know, it creates another situation uh, when there's people that I know that, you know, that are close to me or I respect and then. The girlfriend or the mother of the child comes and says, hey, this is going on in our relationship. It's like that's never easy because one not—it's not, it's never my place to pull somebody up about their relationship. That's their relationship. Um, But I do understand that for someone to trust me so much to say, look, this is what's happening behind closed doors. And it means a lot. And, you know, I have found that there's a lot of women, unfortunately, that are struggling in relationships where men are hitting them. Like hitting them. We need to talk about it. I'm not talking about. Mushing them in the face. I'm not saying that's right. But just let me just talk. I, I don't have time to do a lot of. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Prepositioning my sentences. I just need to talk straight. I'm talking about outright. Like hitting. Holding people against their will. Fighting them in the middle of the night. Like. And there's a couple of things I want to say about that. The first thing is I saw the effects of what domestic abuse can do, not in my home, thankfully, because my mother just, that wasn't going to be my mother's story. Uh, but through people who were very close in the family, and i watched how it played out the domestic violence the the terrorism the fighting the the um and i watched the generational struggle of how the the, the children that grew up in that the the men went and did the same things to their women and then the women ended up You know, they were girls at the time. They watched it growing up. And then they ended up in relationships where men were doing this to them. Because the truth of the matter is we do what we see. We don't necessarily do what people tell us to do. And I woke up this morning because I thought about all the young women that are out there that are struggling in relationships where men are fighting them. And I want you to know that doesn't have to be your story. You're worth it. And I'm going to say something, but please y'all bear with me because I mean this in all respect. In love. I think there's this sense in people's mind of what the what it looks like for people who are in relationships where there's domestic violence. I think people have this like mindset of what that person looks like, what their story is. It has been my experience that it's been women that you, I'm talking about young women that you see on social media with all these followers in some cases and you see them and they're doing well and they're cute. You know what I'm saying? They look nice and you think, oh my gosh, for real? You know, you're thinking on one end, you must have all types of guys in your DMs and maybe so, but they're in relationships with people who are hitting them. And I don't say this out of any judgment. I just say it out of love that you are worth more. You are worth more. You are worth more. You're worth more than to let some man put you in a lifestyle where you're afraid to speak your mind. Hey, how you doing, Minister Angie? And and I, in my mind, it's not. The older people necessarily that I'm talking to. It's not the ones that's been doing this for 20, 30 years. I'm talking about young women who they're like in their 20s and early 30s. And like, for real, you're letting this joker fight you like that. I know people who stay in these relationships because they're trying to raise the kids. And it's been 10, 15 years. They've been together all that. This man just came to your life. and, And you're the one supporting him. And he's fighting you. And your children are seeing that. And every son that watches his mother be disrespected physically grows up with a silent rage and resentment. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care what nobody say. So when people say, Well, I'm doing this because I want to keep the family together, maybe consider what does that look like? And I'm cognizant not to share too many stories because I don't want to embarrass people. You know, people have changed. I've seen people in my life, they you know, they 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 were a terror to women in certain ages and their life. And now they've changed and they found the Lord and God has amended their behavior. And, um, and, and, and we do believe, we do believe in the power of God to change hearts and to change minds and to change things. But let me tell you something. If you are in a relationship with a man that's fighting you, you might want to find the exit strategy really, really quickly. And I'm going to, and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to tell you why. Um, there's a difference between forgiveness and letting people back into your life. And like I said, I woke up this morning because I, I, I it was almost like I felt the let me tell you what I felt this morning. I felt the pain and heartache of young women who are going into a new year trying to figure out how am I even going to do this? And some of you, some of you that are that are listening to me. You've contemplated taking your own life because you just feel like you're trapped. You feel like you're trapped. And that's why it's no way I can come with any level of self-judgment. For some of you, you're in relationships where he's got the money, you're raising the kids. In some cases, he's got the money and he's helping you raise kids that you have from previous relationships because that happens a lot. And so sort of the quid pro quo is I'm going to raise the children that are really not mine and I'm going to treat them as mine, but you owe me. And because you owe me, I'm going to treat you like I'm going to treat you like whatever. And my heart went out to people who felt like they didn't have an option. That's the hardest thing when you feel trapped. So, no, I don't know. I don't know. I am not speaking from from experience with having been in a relationship with someone who I loved and cared about who was fighting me. I don't know that, but I do know what it is to feel like you're stuck. So I'm talking about it from that end where you feel stuck. That's a prison. That's that's respectfully. That's a prison. And that's a prison that's worse than being in a man's prison where you will fight somebody and rip their face off if they say the wrong thing. To you. you mean that you're sleeping in the bed with somebody that if you say the wrong thing? They can hit you with a closed fist and you don't know when it'll come. You get, they look at you and you're having a discussion. I've seen this. I've been in situations where, and I know I'm not the only one, you've seen it too, because I'm discerning and I'm in the middle of a situation and it's a couple and I can see the look he gives her. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I already know what that look means. And she gets quiet or she starts trying to double speak or come back at, come back at her words because she knows, she knows what it's going to look like. Later on. And and nobody deserves to live at that. Nobody deserves living that. And that's what I came on here to, to say. Not to be preaching, not to say, oh, you need to get out. Cause you know what? You're gonna you're gonna do what you feel you need to do when you feel you need to do it. But I just wanna be the voice to tell you that you do have an option. It may not be easy. You may have to leave every single thing behind. I've seen women I've seen women they've gotten so serious, um, they were pretty much packing their their stuff and their children's stuff right under their spouse's nose. And those spouse didn't know. And one day, this happened with my family members. One one day when he went out to do whatever he was doing, she with her four children who had been packing said, now we go, she had already had a plan. She had been packing, putting stuff away. She sent the kids. They went to a to a shelter. She changed the locks. There's a number of things that she needed to do. And it got worse before it got better. But she got that man up out of there. Because you cannot thrive as a person. This isn't even about woman and man. Now, this is about a person as a person when you are living in terror. That's what it is. It's terror. And I came. To, I came to recognize that from when I started seeing the effects that it ravages in people's lives. We're not just talking about, see, I think even the word domestic violence is like sanitized because domestic violence somehow is supposed to be better than if I just come in your house and fight you like a dog. We don't call that domestic violence. We say that's straight up violence, but domestic violence somehow gives it like this veneer. But the truth of the matter is domestic violence is the worst kind of violence. Because somebody that you trust and that you love, and in some cases you're sleeping with—I don't mean sleeping with necessarily from a sexual point of view—but they're in your bed, the most vulnerable place somebody can be, and to think that if you say the wrong thing, or if you just you—they feel like you disrespected them, that there's an issue. And now we got to talk about the fact respectfully that it takes two people to be in these relationships. You know, it's a book called Lie Spotting, and and the woman says she says. That I forget the the author's name, but you'll Google it. She says in order for any lie to thrive, it takes two people. So it takes two people. And I'm saying this out of respect to shake you into something in the 2024, because for some of you, you don't need this outward deliverance. You need an inward change that says, I'm not going to deal with this no more. I'm not going into a new year still being picked on and talked about and bullied and terrorized. And to come to that, I want you to know that there are resources for you, that there's a plan for you. The Bible says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I know the plans that I have for you. There has never been a plan in the mind of God to have you be in an environment where you are being terrorized, period, period. And, and anybody that tells you differently. I don't care whether they picked your Bible off of your coffee stand or they uh, referred you to some resource on the Internet. They are a lie because the 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 Lord came that you might have life. I couldn't even get it out right because he might have you might have life and life more abundantly. This is your word for 2024. This is what I really want to talk about. Domestic violence, violence, partner violence, violence in the home. It comes down to an issue of self-worth. I had somebody ask me. They asked me this at Harvard. Now, I'm going to tell you what they I'm going to tell you what my response was before I tell you the question. They asked me a question and the question hit so hard. They saw my face before I could, you know, Before I could switch my face up. And not show what it was that I was feeling. Because this is what this person asked me. He asked me. He said let me me ask you something Daryl. Do y'all beat y'all children. Because y'all would beat as slaves for those years. And I. Wait a minute. I said hold up. Because I know he didn't ask me. What I think he asked me. But he did. He felt comfortable with me enough. And he gave it to me that raw. He said, do y'all beat y'all children? You heard me right. Because y'all would be the slaves. And after I got off over the initial shock of the question, and who is he to ask me this? I really thought about that. And I said, you know what? I think that is true. We did what we saw. I think it's the reason why white folk don't beat their kids with belts and all that and all that because they didn't. That wasn't their experience. And I'm not saying it makes it right or wrong. I'm just talking now about how we we tend to we tend to repeat what we see. And so so it's it's easy to come on here and castigate men who are fighting women. But I think the larger conversation is why is that like that? And it's because we do what we see. So just like I believe. I absolutely believe that one of the reasons why black folk are so quick to beat their children is because that's what we learned as a people doing slavery. Now we're in a we're, we're in a time where people have learned, first of all, the father not being in the house. This is this is this is this has become an epidemic. We see uh I don't even really like to use that word toxic masculinity because that people put a lot of things to that. But let me just say it this way. What we're seeing is people who are trying to, we're dealing with a crisis of identity in this country. And in this world, that's what we're really dealing with. And that crisis of identity goes beyond the home and it goes beyond the outward and it's into gender and sexuality and sex and who are we and who am I supposed to be? And in the middle of all of that conversation are is, a, is an entire generation that's being raised and it looks normal to fight their women. That's what I'm getting to. So it's it's not, it continues because it's not so odd. It continues because it's not this big aberration. That's why we use the word domestic violence. That's why they say things like partner rape, because they're trying to nicely make the distinction between what's not really violence. It's domestic violence. But I would think that would be the worst kind. What do you think hurts more? The wounds of a friend or the fights of an enemy? And so maybe, maybe the way that I'll close this out is to say if you notice know someone is in your life and they're struggling with with this, either as the woman that's struggling in the relationship or the men that's struggling with it, I don't think the answer is the poor people I'm telling you need to da da. Because da, 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 people know in their heart. No self respected man wants to be fighting his woman, his wife. You just don't want to do it. And any any woman that knows her worth is not going to tolerate that continuously. So we're dealing with we're dealing with the self worth issue. We're dealing with, and I don't even want to touch that. I don't even want to touch the fact that for many for many women they're looking. They're looking for their father, and so they're putting up with things because they're really looking for their father, and they're they're willing to allow a, a man to disrespect them because that's that had become normalized. And I want you to know that there's another option for you that as you go into 2024 you don't have to be bound by relationships that are keeping you in a place of 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 terror that are keeping you in a place of not knowing and being able to flourish you know there's some people they're just going to get angry every time you flourish that's the hardest thing about see that's the hardest thing about a sp- um, that's the hardest thing about partner violence that I have found. That there's really no appeasing it. And in the beginning, it may seem like Okay, if you just stay away from these words or doing these things. But as it continues, then it just becomes the very fact that you're smiling and you're happy. You know, you know, women that I've worked with. Where I knew that the minute that they finished working with me and we're pumping them up and we're talking about the the God in them and the plan of God for their lives and they get excited about the things that they're doing and they get excited about um the new path for them, then they gotta go home. And it and it's gonna be a man that's right there and it's like, Well, what are you smiling at? What are you happy about? And they got a mass. How they're truly feeling because they're scared of what the repercussion will be. And that's no way to live. And I woke up this morning because my sisters who I know are going through, and when I say sisters, I'm not just, I'm not talking about a color now. I'm talking about humanity. I'm like, boy, my heart goes out to you and I want you to know, 2024. It could be a good, it could be a new year for you. It could be because there's a difference between another year and a new year. If you're not careful, it'll just be another year. But if, but if you are wise, it could be a new year. It could be a year where you decide this is no longer what I want in my life. This is not what I want. I want better for me. You don't have to live in terror. I've paused throughout this because I, there's several personal stories I'd like to share. I don't think this is the time to share those though. I don't think this is the time to share it because I just don't think this will be the time I understand that uh, domestic violence is a sensitive topic and I don't want to share anything that puts people out that I'm close to. And I I just don't want to do that right now. You get the point. I'm not talking from something I watched on YouTube. (laughs) This is not an inspirational message from an aspirational perspective. I've seen this. And... I do believe, I truly do believe that there are epidemic of men who are stewing in solid rage And so they can't take it out on the people at work and they can't take it out on perhaps people in the system who they feel like, you know, caused them to be where they are. And they can't take it out on things that are going on in society and they can't take it out and they can't take it out and there's so many there's so many uh places and spaces as a man where you feel like you cannot control that the one place that so many men do know that they can control are these right here and and in their house and that's why they say a man's house is his castle so you'll see men that are great men awesome providers, wonderful people. And they come home and they fly in the fits of rage and they fight these women that they love. And I do, I do believe, I know people say you can't, if you really love somebody, you wouldn't fight them. I don't think that that's true. I don't think that that's true at all. Not if that's what's been normalized. If that's what's been normalized over your life, And so the rage at home is the outlet for many men for what they can't talk about in every other space in their life. That's why as a woman, if you're caught in it, it's hard. It's so hard to ever get from under it unless that person changes, because, 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 because even though outwardly it'll be said, well, it was something you said, or something you did, or was this thing, the truth of the matter is that person is feeling how they're feeling because of of what's going on in their world. And you don't have any control about what's going on in their world. You don't have any control over how they were talk to during those hours when you were gone or you were away from them and they're being talked to, however they're being talked to. And they can't snap back at that person because they know that that's where that check might come from. Or maybe they've been through the penal system. You go through the penal system in America, you come out and you, you know. <laughs> I remember they said they said, you know. They said, somebody once said this to me, 45% of people that go through the, the, the penal system in America, or the prison system in America, have a mental illness. Do you believe that? I said, maybe, but I'll tell you this, 90% are going to have it when they come out if they didn't have it going in. So people come out. And where do you think that range went? If it hasn't been dealt with. So there's a lot of men living in solid rage. Lincoln Hughes said, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it rot? Does it boil over? Does it fester? Does it explode? Scripture says that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is like the tree of life. And the solid rage that a lot of men are living in is the rage of not having achieved what they thought they would achieve by the time that they thought they would achieve it. So it really isn't about you. It's not about what you said. It's never going to be about what you said, even though that's what the argument might center around. It's going to be about how they feel. And when a man feels less than. And when a man feels angry about how life has treated him or how he perceives life has treated him. It's a recipe for every evil work in the home. And so I think we have to have more resources as well to help men come to understanding of what it means to walk in manhood. Because a lot of us never learned that either. I'm getting off, but I'm just talking. Because a lot of us never learned how to be men. We picked up pieces and parts and spaces and and little things. And a lot of it we picked up was from people that didn't know themselves, or we picked it up on the internet based off of an image that we thought we were supposed to project. But while I think that there were a lot of spaces and circles for women to grow and to teach women how to. Grow and be raised. I, I once heard somebody. There's, let me finish that statement. There's not as many spaces for men. I once heard somebody say. Black women in specific. They say black women. They raise their daughters. They love their sons. But they raise their daughters. And this is what they meant. They meant you know how many times. Do daughters learn life skills. Girl come in here. and Learn how to cook. So you can get a man. You know stuff like that. So you may have. If you were growing up as a. I don't know how much. That's happening necessarily now in this day, but at least I'm 38 now. So I'm going to say in the 90s, the early 2000s, people would learn. You learned how to cook. You learned how to probably sew a little bit. You learned those things as a woman because these were the things that were kind of taught around homemaking. Even if you were still working and most were working, even the mothers were working when they were teaching their daughters this. But then son's kind of just it's just this magical age. So you become 18. But who who taught you how to be a man? So what you learned you, you may have learned wrong. And so when we talk about fatherless generations, we're not just talking about fatherless kids. That's, that's, I guess what I'm really getting to. It just took me a while to get there. We're talking about, we're talking about men who have children, in some cases, have grandchildren. Men who are in other places in their lives doing spectacularly. They got money, you know, because that's not the sign of everything. And y'all know I'm always talking about wealth and generational wealth and all that, but there's some things money can't, there's some things money can't buy. Class, wisdom, and understanding is one of those things. There's a couple of those things. So we've got, we've got a situation where you've got men who are succeeding in other places in life. And because they are succeeding in other places in life, they're, ooh, they're speaking into spaces in, their, in in life that they have no authority to speak on. We call it the dilemma of the expert witness in law, meaning that, you know, you can have someone who's like an expert in one lane, but because we see them as an expert in one lane, it's a tendency to start seeing them as an expert in all things. But no, they're an expert there. They're an expert in forensics. That's all they know is forensics. There's nothing wrong with that. That's that's what they know. Ask them about an Excel Excel spreadsheet. And they may not know anything about it, because you're good at what you're good at, and you're probably not good at what you're not good at. And so, what happens is you got people running around talking. About, I got all this money, and maybe you do. And my music is off the charts. Maybe it is. And I've got a million followers, and maybe you have. But what do those things have to do with you living a life of peace and prosperity? And a life that's purpose driven. And it may not have anything to do with any of those things. Because the money doesn't. Come to necessarily give or take away. It comes to amplify what already is. So if you're controlling with $100 in your pocket. You're controlling with 100000 in your bank account. You're just more controlling. And you'll gravitate toward people and places and situations that allow you to control and manipulate. Because there's a lot of that going on. People using their paper dollars to manipulate people into doing things that they want. And manipulate them into doing it how they want them to do it. This is where I'm going to end. If you have been listening to me and you know that this is speaking to you, no, I'm not gonna actually reach out to me on that. That's not even something I necessarily need to know or wanna know. But this is what I would say. If this is is reaching to you or, or is speaking to you, I want you, I want you to say a solid prayer when we get off. And in that solid prayer, I want you to say, Lord, help me get out. Help me get out. Now, if you say that prayer, that's all you have to, it doesn't have to be this long prayer. Help me get out. I promise you that God is faithful and just to give you ways to get out. My prayer for you is that if you really mean it and you really want it, that you'll have the courage to see when the opportunity comes and that you will run and you will not be like Lot's wife and look back. It's nothing to look back on. It. Listen to me, somebody. If that person was going to change, they would have changed already. And maybe they will change, but it's not your responsibility to change them. Maybe you leaving will be the catalyst for their change. Maybe you leaving will be exactly what they need in order to get things dealt with. Because time didn't permit me to talk about that, that when men go through change, men, men have to be left alone for a period of time. I truly believe that. The biggest change for men happens when men have taken some time by themselves. And I do think that change happens also in community. But, but once community has come together, then there has to be those moments and times where men are by themselves. So you can think about it, you can consider it. And I want to ask you, if you know someone who is struggling with this, send them this message, just send it to them. Send it to them out of love. Send it to him out of love, send it to him out of love. This is out of love, this is out of love, this is out of love, this is out of love. I I'm, I am don't, what I'm getting out of this for real is to just feel better about knowing that somebody heard me and somebody saw, you know what, it's not over. That's what my book, Come Back Swingin' is about. Let we'll me just get this right quick. That's what I wrote Come Back swinging for. For real, that's what I wrote Come Back swinging coming out of prison because I want people to know it's not over and your story might be different maybe you have to totally start maybe you have to restart some of you listen to me you might have kids and you gotta run you gotta run away and you got your kids and and, and it may be a hard road but I'm gonna tell you something that's going to be worth it you can't put a price on your peace of mind I'm telling you Anybody that talks about prosperity from from solely a paper dollars point of view is someone who is limited. True prosperity is peace of mind. You can't put a price on that. You can't put a price on that. You can't. You can't put a price on that. Who was the singer who said he'd pay a million dollars just to get one night of sleep because he was struggling? He said, I'd pay a million dollars cash to get one night of sleep, peace, 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 peace. And away with the thinking that has come to our young women that is better to be in a tore up relationship, a toxic relationship, a jacked up relationship, a relationship where you're being called all kinds of names It's better to be in that relationship than to be single. For real? No, 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 no. Away with that. Away with this rush to, well, my biological clock is ticking. Let it keep ticking. So you find the one that's able to respect you. And that's able to honor you. And that's able to put you in a place, in a space where you're not in fear for your life or in fear for what you might say and what the response will be. This your year. This your year. I think I'm going to get off on this. This is your year and it might get it might get worse before it gets better. I'll tell you this. I met many people who regretted not leaving, but I never rep. I never met one that regretted leaving, not one. Not over time. Maybe, maybe it. Or maybe if first, maybe even within a year, questioning it. Was it the right move? Oh my gosh! I feel like I'm starting again. All this other stuff but you give them two, three years and they figure their life out and they're going on their business. I've never met anyone that said, you know what? I wish I had a with that. No. And if you're a man and you listen to me and you're like, Daryl, I am in a rage. I'm mad as hell. I'm mad as hell. I'm mad as hell and I don't know what to do with it. You know, maybe you should reach out to me and we can have a conversation. I'm not here to know about your business because it's not my business. But I do know what it's like to feel like life treated you unfairly. I do know that. I know what it's like to feel, to live in a state of rage and try to figure out how do I deal with that. And I think that there's a better way. I think that anger is passion needing focus, and I think you have passion, but you you need to focus so you can use that pent up frustration and do with it and channel it into what God has called you to do. All right, y'all. I hope this blessed you today case